Well, welcome. Hello, this is Amy, and you're listening to Live with Amy, our podcast. You may also be watching this video as well, but I am so excited today to talk to a dear friend of mine because her heart and her book that she released are so incredibly similar to the purpose and passion of sold out. Everything that I do in ministry, all that I do in my online business of training and equipping people to live a next level life. This is what Renee is all about. So I want to bring her right into the conversation. I want to introduce to you a dear friend of mine, Renee Bangelsdorf, who has written a book called Stand Up. And I've got it all marked up here today for our conversation. So I'm going to just bring you right in. Good morning, Renee. Amy, thank you so much for having me. I'm so always so touched when I see highlights or sticky notes <laughs> in my book. And the fact that you did that Aww. is just an absolute honor to me. Aww. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part today. Well, I have to tell you, I want to make sure that we give a proper introduction to you. And because you're a good friend of mine, something super formal didn't feel right. But I do want you, before we jump in, I just want you to tell the audience um, who you are, uh, what you do for a living. And then as we get into the, the, the chapter of the books, they're going to learn more about who you are as a human being and as a woman and as a woman, a, a godly woman, that kind of thing. But just for um, the purposes of really the faith-based professional women that are listening, just tell the audience what you do. Well, I do a couple of things. Like most um, A-type personality women, I wear more than one hat. Of course, I've lived in Central Texas for almost 20 years, raised my kids here and have um, both of them married now and have a little granddaughter who is the apple of my eye. Sure. Professionally, I am the co-founder and the CEO of a company called Charlie Bravo Aviation, and we buy and sell private jets all over the world. In addition to that, just in the last year, I've become a business coach with a leadership performance company called Michael Hyatt and company. And yeah. so I coach other business owners, honestly, around the world on running their business and having the double win, that winning at work and succeeding at life. So those two things complement each other. They both um, help me to bring out the best in myself and in other people. That's so good. I want to just back up and make sure we didn't skip, but I want everybody to make sure they heard her right. So Renee indeed buys and sells jets. Um, and, and what an exciting, it sounds you know so exciting and so glamorous. And, and um, when they find out where you came from and, and what your life looked like prior to doing that, I am hoping today that this podcast and this video is going to inspire people to know that they can do any stinking thing they want to do. And it does not matter where they've started. It does not matter how many failures they've had. It does not matter that when, when God has a destiny for your life and your purpose to find it, we're going to get there. And I think sometimes that Renee, 
people get, especially women, with so many hats that they're wearing, get so exhausted, right? And even one of your, my favorite chapters of your book is about purpose. And I feel like they get so worn out trying to find their purpose. But um, let's talk about those uh, younger Renee, you know, where you grew up and, and what you were doing prior to selling jets. <laughs> oh, Amy, that's a funny story. I'm, I'm thinking you're talking about running the school store at the middle school and selling <laughs> bouncy balls to pimply faced kiddos. Yes. Because that's where I was right before I started doing this. But I think, uh, and I'll be brief about this, but to go back further, I was a good student in high school. I was a great student in college. I had a very promising career ahead of myself in journalism, going to one of the top journalism schools in the world when that little pregnancy test came back with two purple stripes on it. And my plans got derailed Mm -hmm. and they got derailed in a, in a great way. I married Kurt We've been married for almost 30 years now. And as I mentioned before, we have two amazing children together. But my life took a huge shift. Mm-hmm. And I had to decide that no matter what my life looked like, mm-hmm. I was going to serve God with all my heart. Mm-hmm. And he's honored that and moved me back into a place where I get to meet really interesting people and ask them really in-depth questions, which is what I loved about journalism. Oh, yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. And I always forget that we um, until, you know, uh, you probably forgot that we both have journalism degrees. So um, that's what I went to school to do as well. And I wanted to go um, the public relations side of it. Right. And and interact with human beings. And so isn't it funny that now full circle, I'm able to focus on human development based on my three decades of um, overcoming unexpected outcomes. And I want to get to that in a minute. But you said something about um, just focused on your dreams and serving God. And one of the themes throughout your book, this book is about business. It is about life. But a unique spin on this is that you are very open about your uh, life of faith, your faith walk, your relationship with Christ. And I want that also to be an inspiration to people that are listening because People find that very hard to intertwine in today's climate, especially. So do you want to talk to that for just a a half second? You know, Amy, I actually did not include this scripture specifically in my book, but there's one that's so important. And I just so happened to see it again in my quiet time this morning. Mm. It's from Ephesians 6, and all of us are familiar with the... the, um, Oh my gosh. The spirit, uh, the armor of, of spiritual warfare, whatever you want. I wrote it down. This is my scripture for today. I wanted to talk to you about. Oh my gosh. So I have to read it to you in the message. Yes. It says God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything that the master has set out for you. Well-made weapons of the best materials and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. And that's really what it's all about. One of the most powerful things that we have is right here. It's our mouth. And if we can't speak about our faith 
it's because our faith isn't wrestled through mm -hmm. in our heart. And, mm -hmm. you know, circumstances, and you're the perfect person to talk about this, and I know that it's the central theme of your book. You've wrestled through those deep things in your faith and you know that you know that you know what you believe mm. and when you've wrestled through that and you know it then you're able to speak it and when I first started speaking it I spoke it in a small way yeah. with an intimate group and that felt fairly safe so then I took it up to a little bit more public stance and I challenged myself to do a 100 day Facebook prayer challenge every morning at 7 a.m. for a hundred days straight. I got on Facebook live and I prayed and that gave me such confidence, mm. such boldness because it was saying, you know what? I believe that God can change the outcome of my life. Yeah. And then I was able to, as my editor said, bleed all over the pages, sharing yeah. the intimate details of my faith mm. in a book. And I can't tell you how many people have said, thank you for your bravery. And, and so that's worth so much more than people saying, oh, you're a Christian. Those knowing that I inspired people to be able to share their faith and their struggles with me has been so powerful. That's huge. So it's like you open the door, right? It's the doors right. open for others that are longing to not only express themselves, but even to have someone to talk about, right? In that sphere of influence, maybe that you have, or um, just a woman of faith. My book and the programs that I'm designing right now are for faith-based, high-achieving professional women, because I really believe that that is a sector that um, is longing, right, to, to, to mix all of that together. And so in the beginning of my book, I, because my book's a little bit different than yours, mine was telling my story of, of coming out of paraplegia, but I also couldn't tell the story. I could have told the story with no God in it, but that would have been completely inauthentic to who I am. And so in the beginning, I kind of, I, I explained that. It's like, hey, just, up front, let me let you know, this is who I am. And I can't separate the two. I am a woman of faith and I have this story. And to not combine the two of them would be leaving out half of the reality of the story and kind of just introduced it that way. That's how I kind of put it out. And then I said, thank you, right? Thank you for allowing me to be authentic to who I am. Thank you in advance. Because I, just like you, we don't share that faith, right? Um, to want to wanna count anybody out. But at the same, you know, I wanted people of all faith to be able to get something out of my book as, as do you. But at the same time, there is such freedom in being authentic, right? To yourself. Absolutely. Amy, when I think about you I, and hearing you say that it would only been half of your story, I think about the things that have happened to you, the hard things, the, the diagnosis around your spine, the paralysis, the, the different personal things that you've walked through in the last two decades that I've known you, those things are the shell 
Mm -hmm. right? And what God's created from all of that adversity in you is the pearl that's inside. And that's the Amy that I know and the Amy that you reveal to others mm -hmm. in your book. And I just have to say, I'm so proud of you and I'm so inspired by you is you've overcome setback after setback after tough decision to end up where you are just a pearl of great value. And I know that the Lord sees you the same way. I'm so glad to call you friends. Well, thank you for those sweet and kind words. Um, I know you too also, Renee, throughout your book, you talk about unexpected outcomes. And and um, as the tagline of my, of my book, attain your next level life despite unexpected outcomes and, and the, the key word there is despite it's not unexpected outcomes the key word is despite and so I want you to talk a little bit about some of the things that are in your book just whatever comes to your mind there's no agenda but um, people are living through unexpected outcomes not you know forget 2020 I mean you know people had unexpected outcomes that they were facing well before 2020 came and so for many many people it was just you know, another layer, right, of darkness and struggle and frustration of how that they can even think about attaining their next level life when so many unexpected outcomes um, are upon them. And in your book, Stand Up, there are several chapters. I mean, one of them, you know, I, that I have earmarked here a lot of is, you know, recovering from failure, whether it's failure that we've caused ourselves or that life has brought upon us. And then um, restoring harmony. I really love that chapter as well. But whatever comes to your mind, can you let's talk a little bit about unexpected outcomes and how to manage that? Well, I think that this um, is a really great topic for this year. And I want to address the pandemic and all of the other things that have cascaded from that, because I think that's a, a vivid starting point. And I love what my mentor, Michael, says that not everyone has been exposed to coronavirus, but everyone has been exposed by coronavirus. Mm -hmm. So there are things in our lives, there were weaknesses, there were unhealthy relationships, there were maybe not great priorities that we had set and all of those things bubbled up to the surface. Yeah. And those things made the waters that we were in even more turbulent mm -hmm. than they actually were. It, it's been overwhelming at times emotionally in the last year, I'm sure for absolutely everyone, if we, as we've wrestled through yeah. different things, right. the thing that I would say is, it can anchor you during this time is putting your eye on the horizon. Of course, if you're a believer, I, I think that that horizon very much includes God. But even if you're not, if you, there isn't a spiritual component to your life, having a vision for what you're going to yes. is really important. And I have a vision for each area of my life. It's not just one vision, here's where I want to arrive with my career. It's about the impact of my entire life. And legacy is very important to me. And I'm sure it is to all of our listeners today as well. But what I believe is that 
your vision, your life vision or your three-year vision doesn't change that much in light of a pandemic and lockdown and a global economic meltdown and riots in a chaotic presidential election. Your strategies for arriving at that vision may, but your purpose for being here remains constant. And for me, Amy, and for you, and maybe for those of you who are listening, that purpose is to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And secondly, to love your neighbors as yourself. And I think when we keep our focus on those things and when our vision aligns with that, we can end up in a place where we don't feel like that um, double-minded man in James 1 who's tossed to and fro by every wave. Yeah. So good. I'm, I'm here in this chapter on finding purpose. And, you know, you do a fantastic job of giving some steps that people can take, you know, to, to begin. I just did a two-part um, podcast on purpose and tried to simplify it for people because people just get so overwhelmed, you know, with trying to find their purpose. And in your book, Stand Up, you give some great examples. But one of the things I think is really interesting is you said living without purpose, you may feel aimless, chaotic, pointless, ineffective, uh, random, indecisive, trivial. And I was thinking about that as a backing into that because I'm teaching a course right now to women and we're talking about a lot of this. And I thought, you know, that's a great indicator. Am I feeling random, indecisive, you know, all of those words, maybe I need to stop and take some time, right, to really think about purpose, where God fits into that. And one of the things that you say in here, Renee, is you say you can't, until you know about yourself, you can't know about your purpose. And so at some point, you got to sit down and do some introspection about who the heck you are, your values, your desires, your um, your your values and your desires, and to begin to understand, Renee, um, your identity, right? And then to begin to believe that before you can walk it out. That was your next sentence. And do you believe it? You have right. to believe it, right? Right. There was a great exercise that I did, and Ellie Scarborough Brent helped me with this. Uh, but she had me sit down with a piece of paper and this has been so um, helpful for me to go back to over the years. She had me sit down with a piece of paper, actually two or three sheets of paper and a pen and write, I believe, and then finish the sentence for 30 minutes. Wow. After about seven and a half minutes, I ran out of things to say. And she's like, no, 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 30 minutes, keep going dig in, dig deep, just write anything that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. And what I found in that is that there were some themes to what I valued, what I believed in, and what I was passionate about. And from that, I was able to begin to say, okay, what's the most important thing to me? Is selling a $30 million jet important to me? Is doing business with a celebrity important to me? No. 
impacting the lives of those who God puts in my path mm-hmm. is important to me. And how do I do that with purpose? Mm-hmm. And so wrestling through those hard things mm-hmm. is how you arrive at where you need to be to make a difference in the world. And then prioritizing the things that will help you get to that place. Sometimes we do the thing that's easy or that we know how to do instead right. of being the hard thing. Yeah. And it keeps us in a place of mediocrity and a lack of purpose. Right. And I always say, and certainly because of my own experience, that something has to go to grow. And I just found that I don't, I mean, I, I probably, you'd be hard, hard pressed, you know, to ask me about a time where I've grown and something didn't have to go. So you've got to give up to go up is, is the way I look at it. Because when we're trying to do something um, unique and different or grow, and like you said, maybe rearrange, right? What, wow, I just discovered what I really do believe in. And the way I'm living my life is not, is not matching up with that. I think sometimes that same exercise, Renee, can be done just with values or what you or, or, or limiting beliefs that come up, right? You, you can discover the limiting beliefs and then you got to decide what the heck you're going to do with that, right? You're going to either live lackluster and status quo, which is eating you up inside, or you're going to do the hard thing, as you said, and you're going to make some shifts and do some hard things and start to get some true fulfillment out of life. How did that exercise translate into your work life? I mean, how did you, um, were the, was there anything from that exercise that you were able to then carry into your career? You know, one of the funny things about that exercise is that I did that exercise sitting at the same table with our good mutual friend, Lisa Copeland. And what came out of that exercise for the two of us was the book that we co-wrote together called Crushing Mediocrity. And I took some of the same themes from that Mm. and applied those to stand up and hold in the faith element of that. But really, Amy, what I gleaned from that exercise is how important it is for me to sow into other people's lives. Mm. And so out of that exercise, I got involved with a professional women's association in my industry. I didn't mention this at the beginning, but my job role is 99% male dominated. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. Woo. It is fun. There are lots of egos, <laughs> um, even bigger in some other cultures. There's yeah. some, uh, narcissism and some discrimination and some serious sexism and chauvinism. And yeah, is that you do deal with um, 99% male dominated industry internationally. And that changed the whole ball game changes at that point. Right. Right. So getting clear on what I believe mm. helps me be strong in my convictions about what's right and wrong in my business. So and it gives me the confidence to have conversations with people about business matters where if I wasn't sure of who I am, which girl, it's taken me a long time to get there with a lot of bumps and bruises and broken fingernails along the way. Yeah. Having that confidence, knowing who I am, knowing what I believe, knowing what I will and won't do and deciding those things ahead of time 
yeah. really helps me in negotiations, in strategy, in being awarded some things that I wouldn't have been awarded, some international um, acknowledgement, um, being appointed to an FAA board by um, Secretary of Transportation Elaine Chow, uh, being selected to be a business coach. All of those things have come out of the confidence I gained by getting clear on who I am yeah. and what I believe. And, and I wrote down for today confidence, because I think that that's a huge thing when I when I speak to women and I know with you as well. And and I feel like with women like you and I, when I tell people that I had no self-confidence to do A, B or C, you know, all along the lines of my life. And you know, well, why didn't you do that? I had no confidence. And I think that people just think we have confidence like it just we were born with it. And, and that couldn't be further from the truth. And so I want to talk about two things here. The first one is a, something you said at the end of the book, but the first one is confidence. We all are sitting around needing confidence. Like I need confidence, right? Cause I want to do this and I want to do that. And I want to do this. And you say fear of facing fear of rejection. Fate, that's a verb facing fear of rejection builds confidence. And I wrote, we want confidence to appear so that we can do hard, scary things and we can soar to new heights in our life. But in fact, it's the opposite. It confidence comes the other way around. It's so true, Amy. And there's a very, very small word that's the key to building confidence. And that word is no. When we learn how to say no, that's when our confidence grows. Mm -hmm. And Sometimes it's really hard. I mean, I grew up as a people pleaser. Yeah. I never wanted to hurt anybody's feelings. Yeah. I wanted to, I had some serious um, FOMO, fear of missing out. So I would never say no to doing something, even if I knew it was going to get me in trouble. I just yeah. had a lot of trouble with that word no. Mm. And really being able to use that word is what's built my confidence. Saying no to, to doing something that I know is wrong takes courage, but it builds my confidence when I can say no. Um, and then saying no to good things that aren't great or going toward my purpose is really important too. Stepping off of a board that I thought was prestigious, saying no to continued board terms is, has been important to build my confidence. Um, saying no uh, at times to drinking because I know that it got my head foggy. And even though I'm boring at happy hour now, I've said yes to something else because I've said no to that. So <coughs> that little bitty word changes everything about your confidence. It, it's that is huge for all of you that are listening or watching because do you see how empowering that is what she just described that is how we get empowered and as empowerment builds in our lives then we are able to go into those next level areas whether it's your faith your health your wealth whatever it is that you're looking to take higher ground in one of the things along those lines that i love and this goes back to me and you because people just can't even fathom it and it's in the book 
under finding purpose, <coughs> excuse me, when you were speaking for one of the first times, I think, in front of an audience, and that was huge for you, like that was a big growing step. And then the gal says, what's the hardest thing you've ever done? And what was your answer? My answer then, and I would say it's still my answer, Amy, and it probably will be my answer until the end of my days. This young freshman college student asked me that question, and my answer was believing in myself. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the thing, because we know ourselves. We know all the bad decisions that we've made. We know all the mess ups that we've done. We know all the bad things that have happened to ourselves. Yeah. We judge ourselves pretty harshly. And so believing in myself mm -hmm. from a faith standpoint, I want to bring it back to that is really digging in to believing I am who God says I am. Exactly. And yeah. that's I'm a child of God. I am a beloved daughter of the King. If you're a woman, you're a beloved daughter of the King. Amy is a beloved daughter of the King. If you're listening to this and you're a man, you're a beloved son of the King. And, and I still do struggle with believing in myself, but when I believe in him, yeah, that believing in myself isn't quite as important because I'm believing in his plan for me. Well, and it brings it back full circle, right? It brings it back home to the place that it belongs, right? And, and so it's about who he says we are. It's not who the world says we are. And it's not even who we say we are about our own selves. And it's that just bringing it back to, I believe, like just level ground. And there is a confidence in that. There's huge confidence in that. But that certainly spoke to me because if I would have been asked that question then or today, it is believing in myself. It's that self-doubt that constantly wants to rear its head and then start, you know, having me ruminate on it. And um, and so this is one of the things I've been teaching and some practical practical things to do um, outside of your faith to shut that down and then. Also, always making sure that you have a faith-based tactic to go back to that is going to keep you centered and um, in the zone where you know you're supposed to be, in your purpose, in your calling, and in just, gosh, just gaining fulfillment and happiness and a richness out of our lives. I'm finding more and more, Renee, that people, that's what they're looking for. They do want a next level life. They want to do great things with their life. They feel like, and maybe if you're listening today, you feel like there's more in you that you've been able to accomplish. You know there's more, but you just don't know how to get there. So I do believe that is a huge part of people's lives. But at the same time, they don't want to do it and not feel fulfilled and feel happy. And so, you know, they're looking for this particular package that I believe and I've watched your life um, unfold that, that it's available. It's available to everybody. Um, what I say, though, is that maximum mobility is an inside job. And so for all these reasons, when people look at you in your career and they're saying she sells jets and she sits on boards and she does all of this stuff, but then they hear you come back to that 
faith development and that personal development for professional success, right? That's really key. It's so important. And Amy, I think there's one more thing that we really need to talk about. And it's something that kind of ties the beginning of our story to where we are right now. And that's that it's so important to surround yourself mm. with people who see good in you, mm-hmm. who allow you to explore and grow and don't judge you mm. that, and, and really encourage you and cheer you on. And that's how you and I got connected from the very beginning. And I think it's important that people are connecting to you and taking advantage of the, of the things um, that you offer, the programs that you offer. And of course, the wisdom that you impart to all of us in your book. But if you'll humor me with the funny story, uh, Amy and I, along with Lisa Copeland worked on a charity fashion show. And I was petrified to get on the stage because I thought that I was going to fall off the stage into the lap of our pastor. And so I was so nervous about being on this stage that Amy and Lisa came up with a plan to make sure that I had the confidence that I was lacking. And what they did is grab me by the back of my head and clip in this long red curly ponytail and say, girl, you're a Texan. Get up there and work that up, do. And so I got out on that stage and I just stroked my hair. I did great. I was flipping my long hair all over the place. I felt like I was a legitimate Texan at that point. And I did not fall off the stage in anyone's lap, let alone my pastor's. So the point of that story is surround yourself by people who are going to pull the good out in you, who are going to push you out of your comfort zone and who are going to encourage you by whatever means necessary, even fake hair. Whether, yeah, whether they have to slap up a big pony in the back of your head. Wow. I remember that like it was yesterday. It's so important. And, and one of the chapters in my book is, is, labeled cheerleaders. And so we talk about this. And since I'm teaching the course right now, Renee, we've been talking about that with these women. And what I said to them is, you know, you don't need everybody to like you. Like you don't need a horde of friends. You just need a small few people, right? That are like-minded and that can do exactly what you just said right? We have to stop getting, we we have to stop being worried and concerned about what everybody thinks and how many people like us and how many people don't, because guess what? Not everybody likes you and you don't like everybody. And so I feel like, especially as you get up in in years in life, as we start to get 40 years old and older, we've got to realize that we just need to seek out and ask God to deliver to us those people that are going to support us and to do exactly what you just said, because that's, um, this is life is not a solo mission, right? Right. We need each other. desperately. Yeah. Well, let me see here. What else I wanted to ask you about? Um, I guess maybe just being able to talk real briefly about, the concept of being sold out, right? Sold out 
is a philosophy of passion. Living sold out is a next level way of, of doing life. And I know that you live your life that way. But if, if anything comes to mind as I'm sharing that, would you just bring that up? You know, Amy, it's it's really important to to have an idea of of what you want to be sold out to. And I, I talked about this at the very beginning of our interview of having a vision. And I don't normally share this publicly, but I, I just feel compelled mm. to do that today because I have a vision for my life that I think reflects the sold out mentality mm. that you're talking about. So if you'll humor me turning and yeah. reading off of my yeah. board here, I'm going to read this to you. My vision or my purpose is to serve the Lord to the best of my ability across all domains of my life mm. for as long as I live. Following him, even when it's hard or seems risky, reserving my best time and resources for legacy matters, growing in knowledge, strength, wisdom, and grace while guarding my heart, my health, and my family. Mm -hmm. To me, that what it, that's what it means to be sold out, to right. take that desire to reach the pearly gates and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah. That's what it means to me to be sold out. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that because I know that's probably really personal to you. But I love that it is an indicator to everybody listening that honestly, if you can't look up on a board or open up a journal and 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 read what you want your life to be all about, what your purpose to do, because becoming sold out is where our mind, will, and emotions are purpose, laser focused on what God has called us to do in all areas of our life. And so the fact that you have that there where you can see it on a daily basis and it is, it's there, it's on the forefront of your mind, regardless of what situation you get stuck into, whether it's a faith situation, whether it's a mentoring situation, whether it's with a 30, you know, uh, $30 million jet with a man that lives in, I don't know, Iran, <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, that philosophy goes with you. That part of your life of being sold out to that, what you just read on the board. And so I want that to be um, an encouragement as we close out today to everybody listening. It's a perfect way to end is that you shut this video or podcast off and you start to um, spend a little time alone and allow wisdom to speak to you and began to, um, like you said in the beginning, um, when you did that exercise to really hash that thing out and let something beautiful pop out of that, of that wisdom, right? That time alone. I love that, Amy. What a great way to summarize what we've talked about today. And Gosh, this has been such an uplifting conversation for me. I hope it has been for each one of you who's listening as well. And Amy, thank you again for the sacrifice that you made in putting all of your pearl of wisdom into that book. So thank you. Well, you too. So where can, so people can get stand up. Um, where, where can they get this book? Tell them. 
Well, you can buy it on Amazon um, or order it on any um, retailer that you would order a book. I think they, the publisher has arranged for that to be. You can also buy it on my website, which is ReneeBanglesdorf.com. Okay, perfect. And I have her name right up here for you guys who need some help with that spelling. ReneeBanglesdorf.com. Thank you for your love, your wisdom. I just felt your heart throughout this entire interview. And that's why I love you as a sister so much is that that just resonates and it's so compelling to just chat with you and to learn from you and grow. So thank you, my sister. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Amy. Have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon. Okay. You too. All right. Bye-bye everybody. Thank you so much. This is Amy with Live with Amy.